This is Curiosity Killed the Plaque with hygienist Spring Hatfield on the Today's RDH Dental Hygiene Podcast. Listen as Spring uses her naturally curious mind to explore the relevant topics hygienists currently face today. dental professionals and tooth enthusiasts. Welcome to Curiosity Killed the Plaque podcast. This is episode two and I'm Spring Hatfield, your host. And today's episode is going to be about fair wages, which is somewhat of a difficult topic to have, a a difficult conversation to have. Um, But I hope that by the end of listening to this that you'll feel a little more comfortable with understanding what wages you should be earning and how to negotiate those wages. I intend to address um, how to determine a fair wage, important questions to ask whenever you are going in for an interview that may determine what your wages will be, help care as a business model, which nobody likes to hear, but in the United States, that's how it is designed. And we have to take that into consideration when we think of our wages. And lastly, how to negotiate for um, higher wages in the event that you aren't getting compensated fairly. So let's just start with how to determine a fair wage. So industry standard is basically you, a hygienist should earn 30 to 35% of her production. Now, let me pause there because a lot of times I see it back and forth about, is it production? Is it collections? Is it after insurance write-offs? You know, you know, all these little details. And I know that you're not going to like to hear this, but it is after insurance write-offs. Now, I'm going to address that a little bit further later on, so don't get too caught up on that. Just stay with me for a moment, okay? So 30 to 35% of what is brought in by you. So if you char if your office charges $100 for a profi but insurance only compensates $60, then you get 30% of that $60. Now, Another question that I hear a lot is, what all is included in my production? Well, anything that occurs in your chair that doesn't require the dentist. So their exams do not count towards you. Um, The only exception to that that I've found is that sometimes some dentists are very um, giving, so to speak, um, and they will allow you to get credit for the perio exam if you charge out for a perio exam because clearly you've done most of the work in a perio exam. So sealants, fluoride, profies, perio maintenance, SRPs, any of the things that you can do in your chair without the dentist having to come in there and physically do part of it, okay? That counts towards your production. That's how it should be. X-rays, I know that's a question a lot of times too. All of that should be counted towards your production. If you are working for a dentist and you've already had this kind of a conversation and they are trying to withhold X-rays and things like that, that's not a fair wage, okay? We're talking about fair wages and I want to be fair to the dentist and I want to be fair to the hygienist. That's the idea here. And there's a reason for that, which I again will get to in just a little little bit. So 30 to 35% of your production. If you are getting paid over 35% of your production, count yourself lucky and blessed because you are getting paid above industry standard. If you find yourself in that position that you are one of those hygienists that are getting paid over industry standard, let's make a solid effort to give more to the practice than just our production. 
bring more to that practice. We're talking patient retention, um, uh, treatment acceptance, help out the front desk, do recall list. If they need, if there's a, a day that there's a lot of openings, help the assistants, make sure you're doing sterilization. Not that any of you are not doing this, but some of you may not be and don't realize that, you know what, I'm actually getting paid more than industry standard and I probably should step it up a little bit. Don't be above taking the garbage out. I mean, just don't. Just, just help out. That's the bottom line with that. Um, so whenever you, because the market is flooded right now with the job openings for hygienists because of the great resignation and hygienists, I, I'm not sure exactly entirely what happened. I, I could speculate all day on what my thoughts are on what happened, but I do not know what happened, but we are short on hygienists. Okay. That's the bottom line. So the market is ripe for hygienists. The problem is, is some hygienists are taking advantage of that and asking for unreasonable wages. So it puts us in a very bad position because it sets us up to basically to quote, um, an actual social media friend of mine that I've never met in person, but is really pretty amazing. She said, do not price yourself out of a job. And essentially what she means is if we keep on asking for unreasonable really wages from dentists, then they are going to push for legislation to have assistants do scaling and assistants to do hygiene tasks and, and things that they really have no business doing, quite frankly. I'm not trying to be nasty about it, but the truth of the matter is, is I was an assistant before I was a hygienist and I had no business trying to do hygiene tasks when I was an assistant, trust me. Uh, assistants just don't even know what they don't know. And that's the bottom line. I live in Alabama right now, so you can imagine how frustrating it, it can be for me some days because assistants here can go to a program that's, um, they don't like to call it a preceptorship because there is uh, some limited didactic work that is uh, coursework that has to be completed. But nonetheless, their assistants one day, the next day they start doing hygiene tasks like scaling and profi and all those kinds of things without a whole lot of really any kind of guidance at all in the very beginning. The idea of the program is that the dentist trains the assistant to become a hygienist, which I have my own thoughts on that as well, but I'll keep them to myself. The point of the matter is this program was created due to a lack of hygienist and a lack of access to care. So if we price ourselves out of a job by asking for $90 an hour, which I know some of you may be gasping, but there are some places that have hygienists requesting $90 an hour and it's not in like big cities or in California or New York. It's actually in some rural areas and it's unreasonable. And that is why that kind of legislation will get pushed through. Because if we like it or not, dentists regulate our profession. And because dentists regulate our profession, we are in a bind and we have to be con conscientious of that and be careful with how we manage it, okay? So when you go in for a jo job interview, because there are tons of jobs out there. And, and if you want a new job, now is the time. But when you go in for the job interview, not only is the dentist interviewing you, but you should be interviewing him or her and their practice. And what I mean by that is make sure you're asking them, 
how many insurances are you contracted with? How many insurance companies are you contracted with? Um, is it mainly fee-for-service? Which insurance companies are you contracted with? Because that makes a difference too, because re insurance reimbursement is different for different companies. Some reimburse better than others. Um, also, it, it varies throughout the entire country. In some states, they reimburse better than other states. There's a lot of things that play a role in it. But if you think you don't want to have to be responsible for that write-off, then what you need to be looking for is an office that takes very few insurance or is fee-for-service. Now, are you going to find that readily? Mm, probably not. There's not a lot of offices that are like that. But if you can find an office that meets your criteria of, hey, they take about five insurance, they're contracted with five insurance companies, and the rest is fee-for-service, that's reasonable. You're going to have some write-offs, you're going to have some deductions, but you're still going to probably produce a decent amount of money. So that means that your pay is going to be higher than if you go somewhere that is strictly insurance-based. Now, I'm not telling you how or where you want to work. I've worked at insurance-driven practices that take every kind of insurance you can think of. I've worked at a fee-for-service office. I've worked at a practice that took about five, were contracted with about five insurance companies, and the rest was fee-for-service. And I can tell you right now, it's all worked out for me every single time. I've not had a problem with any of it. But because I hear hygienists all the time say, well, I did not take a contract with the insurance company, so why do I have to be deducted for the, the write-off? Well, because that's who you're employed with, and that's what your employer decided to do, and that's something you should ask whenever you are thinking of taking the job. So you can make a conscious decision to understand that you will have some deductions coming out of your production from insurance, okay, if you choose to do an insurance-driven practice, okay? Because, unfortunately, and I actually hate to say this out loud, but healthcare is, in the United States, is a business. It's structured like a business. If money's not coming in, money cannot go out. And if too much money goes out and not enough comes in, that's a failed business. And I don't think anybody wants that. The hygienists don't want that. The dentist doesn't want it. So we have to realize and focus on the fact that we cannot expect a dentist to pay us more than what we are producing. We just can't. It's unreasonable. And I'm not on the side of the dentist, and I'm not saying if you make more than your 30 to 35%, you should get a pay reduction. If, if your dentist has been making it work and they're paying you that extra, maybe they think you're worth it. Maybe you bring so much more to the practice that they appreciate you, but recognize that recognize that you are paid more than industry standard because your dentist appreciates you likely and make sure that they know that you you realize that you are appreciated okay um, so now what if you're working somewhere and you realize you know what I don't think I'm making as much money as I should be making I feel like I'm working really hard and my paycheck isn't really reflecting that or Maybe you see a job ad from your same, I've seen this on social media, it kind of cracks me up, but this this uh, one girl posted, and I think she posted an honest man in a, in a social media group, and she said, you know, we're looking for hygienists. I just read the job uh, description, and the pay is higher than mine. What, what, what should I do? And, and my advice to her was, 
apply for the job, apply for the position. I mean, my goodness, if, if they're offering more pay, then pull up, apply for the new position and just tell them, hey, you know, that one pays more than mine. So I was wondering if I could, you know, hop on that one. But seriously, if you somehow come to the realization that you're getting paid less than what you think you should, the best way to negotiate a raise is to track your production for about 90 days. Figure out what your production is and what you should be getting paid. So let's say um, um, you produce a certain amount and you your goal is to make 35% of that. So you need to figure out, hey, okay, if I produced $1,000 a day, I should be getting paid $350 a day and then break it down to how many hours you work because everyone's different. Um, I've worked at practices that, that work for 12 hours. I've worked nine hours, I've worked eight hours, I've worked six hours. So, you know, whatever you work, figure that out. Um, and then you can tell them, you know, this is, this is what I should be getting paid hourly based on my production. I am going to tell you, I'm going to try to tell you a succinct story. I have a little bit of ADHD, so I get off track a little bit here and there, but I was working in Louisiana and I was making very good money and I was working at a practice that was magnificent. Um, I loved everyone I worked with. I loved the whole atmosphere and to top it off, I was getting paid well. And my husband, God bless him, he got, he had, was up for transfer for a promotion and he said, well, there's a few states that we could move to, but we're going to have to move out of Louisiana, which I was devastated about because I loved the practice I worked in. And I said, okay, any state but Alabama. And not because I don't like Alabama. Alabama is a beautiful state, guys, but they are the lowest paid hygiene or hygienists have the lowest paid in, in, in the entire country. They're the lowest paid in the entire country, basically. So, um, I said, anywhere about Alabama. For some reason, he heard anywhere about Mississippi. And so, we moved to Alabama. And I went for an interview with an amazing doctor who immediately offered me 36% of my production, collections, however you want to say it, 36%, um, which is 1% above the industry standard. Doctor was great. He treated me wonderfully. I mean, I couldn't have fallen into a better situation uh, considering that the wages are so low in Alabama. Well, after I worked there for a short period of time, the doctor decided he was going to retire. And you know, it was expected. He was he was an older doctor, and it, he deserved to retire, right? Well, a company came in and bought the practice, and they came to me and said, you know, we don't pay our hygienists based off their production like you're getting paid now, so we're going to switch you to hourly. And I said, okay, you know, that's reasonable. What, what are you proposing you pay me hourly? And they said, with a serious face, and they were 100% serious, by the way. $22 an hour. $22 an hour. That's what they want to pay me. I said, um, I don't roll out of bed for $22 an hour. I'm like, are you crazy? Here's where my character flaw comes in. I love people. And when I start working with a group of people, they are like my family. 
And so this practice, the the other hygienist, the front desk, the assistants, the doctor, they were like my family. I've been working with them. I loved them. And this was pre-COVID, so there wasn't like an abundant um, amount of jobs out there. So I said, you know, I said, I'll tell you what. I will accept your $22 an hour for 90 days. I said, and after 90 days, we're going to have a meeting and we're going to go over my production and we're going to come to an agreement on what a fair wage is for this practice. And they agreed to do so. So in 90 days, I figured out my production and the hours I worked and I presented them with this little spreadsheet that I made and I said, here it is. This is what I produced for you. This is what you paid me. This is how many hours I worked. You were paying me 12 percent of my production less than half of what industry standard is in Alabama y'all in Alabama so if you're working in Alabama and you think that $22 or $25 is all you can make think again check your production they immediately um agreed to pay me more. They upped it to, uh, I believe we agreed on 30%, which was really still low for me because I had been making 36%, but it was still within industry standards. So I accepted it and I worked there until, um, until COVID hit. And once COVID hit, the doctor decided he wasn't going back to work. He was just going to go ahead and retire. So I went ahead and, and stepped away from that practice. But moral of the story is, if you aren't paying attention and you aren't tracking your production, you do not know what you are worth. And what you are worth may not even be the same as what your co-hygienist is worth. You may be producing more money than your co-hygienist, in which case you should probably be getting paid more. And that's why I tell hygienists, don't worry about what your co-hygienist is making. Do not worry about what the front desk is making. Don't worry about what anybody's making. You have to figure out what you are worth and what you should be paid and make sure you are getting a fair wage. No one else. I don't like seeing people ask on social media, what's the going rate in North Georgia? What the going rate for me in North Georgia is and what the going rate for another hygienist in North Georgia is could be entirely different. And you might be getting underpaid because you listen to the other girl in North Georgia that's getting underpaid too. You need to take responsibility for your production. Know what it is, know what you should be making. Present it to your dentist if you feel like you are entitled to a wage increase. Another way to negotiate a raise also in this situation is say that you figured out and you're making 32% of your production. You still have a 3% um, sliding scale that you could possibly negotiate higher. So if you're making 33%, maybe you think you, you know, hey, look, I've been here for five, 10 years, whatever it is. I have great uh, rapport with my patients. I'm good at retaining patients. My acceptance, my um, treatment plan acceptance rate's really high. I go out of my way to try to fill the schedule whenever um, there's openings. Whatever it is that you do that you go the extra mile, say, you know what, I'm only making 33% and your standard is between 30 and 35%. So can we like bump that up to 34%? I haven't had a raise in like five years. That's another way to negotiate a raise if you do indeed find that you do fall within that 30 to 35%, but not over 35%. It's such a, 
sticky topic to and it's really hard to approach dentists sometimes but if you or your boss sometimes it's the office manager sometimes it's the business owner who knows but it's hard to approach them but if you actually have something that you can present them and say look this is what I do for this practice and I don't feel like I'm being compensated fairly then that opens the door to have a conversation and they would actually have to look at these numbers and say you know what I don't care that you're not being compensated fairly and in which case the job market is right for dental hygienists go find you somewhere that's going to respect you and pay you a fair wage don't allow someone to manipulate you and I tell people all the time there is a fine line between company loyalty and Stockholm syndrome be careful hygienists are being burnt out left and right because of that kind of thing let's not let's not do that to each let's not allow dentists to do that to us and let's make sure that we hold ourselves accountable for taking care of us as well so recap real quick before we end here 30 to 35 percent is a fair wage make sure that's what you're getting whenever you're interviewing for a new position make sure you find out how much insurance how insurance driven the practice actually is don't forget that healthcare is structured as a business, unfortunately, and I know that none of us like to hear that, but it is structured as a business in the United States, and that has to be considered because money not coming in means money cannot go out. If it, too much money goes out, fail business, and nobody wants that. And lastly, negotiate a raise if you are entitled to it. If you discover that you're getting paid below industry standard, which again is 30 to 35% of what you're bringing in, then go in and talk to your dentist and present them with your production and what you want to be paid that is a fair wage. I want this to be fair and balanced. We need dentists, dentists need us. And dentists, if you hate hygienists and you don't want to don't want to treat them fairly do me a favor don't hire a hygienist i know a guy that can present you with a hygiene free model email me i give you his name treat your hygienist fairly hygienist treat the dentist with respect let's close this gap that we have it's a war basically that no one's going to win so let's work together find a happy medium so that everybody can be happy about their working environment. Okay? <laughs> All right, guys. Until next time, stay curious, and I will talk to you in about a month. Thank you for listening to the Today's RDH Dental Hygiene Podcast. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts.